Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe so we can help you master the art of selling. There's a lot that's changed in the world of selling. You've heard me talk about this previously that at the end of the day, the concept of selling hasn't changed, but the way in which we interact with our buyers has. The world of digital is playing a huge role in the buying process. And ever since the pandemic started, the way in which we engage with our buyers has essentially become completely online. What do I mean about online? We're having more and more virtual meetings with our customers and our prospects. And will it go back to some form of normality where we'll meet them in a face-to-face environment? Absolutely. However, the world of virtual, the virtual interaction, the meetings via Zoom, Teams, whichever platform that you're using, it's here to stay. And as anything in selling, our ability to master the art of selling is our ability to adapt and embrace and own the learning that comes with it. Revenue operations is much more than words in a job title. It's a movement that is transforming sales, marketing, and customer success teams into high-performing revenue drivers. Ring DNA is a recognized Gartner cool vendor that makes RevOps possible by driving improved operational efficiency and revenue capture from sales, marketing, and customer success. Trusted by the top companies across the globe, Ring DNA offers a complete sales engagement, conversational intelligence, and revenue intelligence platform for Salesforce customers. Learn how we can transform your results at ringdna.com. That's ringdna.com. And this week, that's what we're talking about. We're talking with a virtual sales trainer, or an expert, who spent a number of years teaching sales professionals how to master the art of presenting and selling in a virtual environment. Julie Hansen has been teaching sellers and sales professionals for a number of years how to show up in a virtual environment and how to get the most out of those virtual interactions. I think for all of us, we can get a bit fatigued when being on camera. And there is a skill to presenting on camera. And that's what this session is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. It's about allowing you to learn some of the tips. And yes, you might have been doing it for the past 18 months, but just like anything, right? doesn't matter how long we, we sell, how long we've been in our role, we've always got an opportunity to improve and enhance what we do. So this is a terrific episode for sellers trying to get more out of the sales process in the virtual environment. I also want to share the book competition that we have on at the moment For anyone who rates the Sales IQ podcast and sends me a photo on LinkedIn, I'm going to send you a book, Thrive, Strategies to Turn Uncertainty to Competitive Advantage. It is by the awesome Meredith Elliott Powell. It's a fantastic book. It really covers the mindset required to look at things from a different perspective, how to look at a negative and turn it into a positive and actually maximize the outcome from what some we'll look at from a negative perspective. So thanks for everybody who continues to give our podcast ratings, shout outs. I love the fact that we have such an engaged audience of people. I love the fact that this podcast is having a positive impact on so many sales professionals and I really value my listeners are tuning in to, to the content that we create each and every week. So please um, jump online. If you like the podcast, give it a rate, send me a photo, send me your address, bang, we'll get you out of book. All right, so welcome to the show, Julie. Thank 
you, Luigi. So happy to be here. Yeah, really excited. I think it's a great topic that we're going to be discussing today. So many sellers are still trying to adapt in the new virtual environment. And now, like I think it's kind of like a blended work environment. So it's really great to have you on um, to talk about um, you know, virtual selling and, and how to best present on video. But before we get into that subject, we'd love to learn a bit more about you and, and how you started in the world of selling. Sure. Uh, so I actually started in the world of buying. So I was, <laughs> I was on the other side of the desk for many years and I had all these salespeople call on me and I thought, well, it looks like they're having a lot more fun than I am. So <laughs> Uh, so I made the switch and um, it actually was quite shocking to me just the difference between being a buyer and a seller, right? A customer and a, and a salesperson was just, I didn't think I was going to make it. And I'm sure my manager didn't think I was going to make it in sales either that first year. Um, but it really forced me to, um, you know, make some changes and really deal with kind of the mindset behind going into a career where rejection is very much part of the dynamic, right? And learning not to take it personally and um, just, be, you know, keeping hopeful and just doing the best mm. you can and then letting things go when they don't work out. And uh, one of the things that helped me with that was uh, I started taking some acting classes and that really helped me, um, you know, work on my communication skills, of course, and also um, <laughs> deal with the rejection piece and, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really really focus on, you know, because acting is so much about focusing on whoever you're talking to and your your intention and your motivation and what you're trying to communicate. And not so much on, you know, me and how I feel, you know, taking my emotional temperature all the time. So uh, it really helped me kind of get outside of myself. So I, for many years, had a career both in sales and mm. as an actor. And so um, kind of parlayed that into uh, my uh, career now, which is, sales training and coaching. I use a lot of acting and improvisational techniques, um, really focused around those customer facing events like presentations, demos, conversations, yeah. pitch. Yeah. Fantastic. And do you mind me asking sort of what motivated you to move from being in that role of buying to actually move into the, to the opposite end and actually move into sales? Yeah. You know, besides, you know, I joke that it looked like they were having more fun. They were going to, co <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were going to lunch. They were drove nicer cars than I did. Uh, but it just, I mean, it's just such a, I need more variety. Like, you know, when you work at a desk, you're there eight hours uh, and I'm sure it's different for other, you know, customers um, working on one thing, you know, I just would tend to, get a little bored and distracted. And, mm. and so I, I like the variety. I like the excitement of sales and meeting a lot of new people. And um, so I, I loved it once I got over the hump. Yeah. And what was some of the challenges that you first had to work through, um, you know, as you started in sales? Well, first it was probably, you know, getting over that, you know, calling up someone and having them not be happy mm. to hear from you. You know, that's pretty unusual as a customer, right? Everybody's happy to hear from you. So uh, that was a big hurdle for me. Yeah. Also, um, managing a lot of different deals. I remember I just, I would spend so much time like trying to, you know, perfect my proposal or my pitch. And my manager is like, you're never going to make it if you, you know, only do one of these a day, right? Mm. So having to kind of let go of the, it's got to be perfect and um, really just, you know, keep, keep moving and do the best you can, but you can't dedicate, you know, like, like when you're a customer and you have one client, really, you dedicate everything towards that. And um, that's not practical in sales. Yeah. So it's about having, making sure that you've got enough coverage 
um, in your pipeline and, and not focusing too much of your attention on the, on the one or two deals. Yeah. Very interesting. And cause I suppose, um, that change that you made from sort of buying into selling, um, a lot of sales professionals in the past sort of 15 to 18 months, they've had, they've been forced to make some changes in the way they engage with their buyers and their prospects. So we'd love to learn a bit more from you about sort of what are, what are some of the, you know, apart from the, the major change, which we've gone to virtual selling, um, mm-hmm. but what are some of the challenges that you've helped sellers overcome this past 15 to 18 months in making that change from face-to-face sales to, to virtual sales? Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite dramatic, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I recognized early on that as we as we went into this pandemic that that people were being confronted with a challenge that I had faced in my acting career, uh, which was how do you talk to a camera? How do you connect with mm-hmm. people virtually? And I went through that very same thing when uh, I was an actor and I was transitioning from stage, you know, live theater, which is where most actors start, to film and television. And they're just entirely different. And so I went into like my first on-camera audition, just doing the same thing I did on stage. And it was so awkward and I didn't know where to look and I was too loud and big and, you know, it was just awful. Needless to say, I did not get the part. But... (laughs) But I learned that in order to be successful, people that work in front of the camera have to know certain skills and they're very different. And so I took on camera um, classes to understand how to communicate effectively in this very small you know, piece of real estate that we are yep. in and how to connect with someone through the camera. And um, it's a very specific skill set. And so, um, I I saw people struggling with this and just kind of showing up on camera and expecting to be able to do everything they did before, just happen to have their camera on. And it's not successful. It was, you know, it was great effort in the beginning. um, And I, I applaud that everybody, you know, got on camera and that's fantastic, but there's so much more to it. It's, you know, we're at a stage where it's not enough just to have your camera on, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to, now we're, you know, it's proved to be very unfulfilling on both sides as far as developing a relationship, right? It's been good for existing relationships, but it's been very hard for people trying to establish a relationship because people don't have their relationship building skills translated down into video. Yeah. Uh, So that's really where I've been focused this last year is how do we, how do we communicate those things that we've honed over many years being in person of, you know, expressing empathy and, and credibility and uh, connecting with people? How do we hone that down into this little square of space and, and make sure that we're uh, communicating that in a way that the camera and thus the customer reads it? Mm. Yeah, that's such an interesting, you bring up something really interesting there. And I'd love to dive deep into that um, a bit more if that's okay. So when you think about it, when you're meeting somebody face-to-face, um, all the things that I learned sort of when I first started in my sales career was, you know, listen to tone, pitch, speed, the way they sit, you can mirror them. You can kind of help build that rapport, obviously disc um, and treating others the way they want to be treated. But obviously on camera, it's, it's, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. So what are some strategies that sellers can use to build that rapport and empathy and trust on camera um, and through a screen versus face to face. Yes, there's there's a lot of them, and I'll I'll, I'll focus on just some things that I think are really yeah. uh, foundational. And and the first thing is this: 
uh, like you said, we used to be able to rely on being able to read someone very, um, you know, very clearly in person. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing to remember is that people behave very differently in front of a screen. And if you're expecting to get those same kind of cues, you're going to be really disappointed because most people, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but most people get in front of a screen and we become very passive observers, right? Mm. That's just how we're trained. And when we are, especially if we're expecting, you know, a pitch or a presentation and um, most people don't have the same sense of obligation to show up and look engaged or, um, connected. And so they have what I call resting business face, right? It's just very bland. It's very, you know, yeah. non <laughs> uh, unreadable. Right. Yep. And yep. many salespeople, if you take that to heart, you're like, oh my gosh, they're bored. They're disinterested. And we start to speed up or we, we race through those pauses and we, we interpret it in a way that is not necessarily the fact. Yeah. And so if you don't understand um, you know, on-screen behavior, you can really trip yourself up and make a lot of mistakes that that don't serve you, right? Yeah. So, un- so understanding that is is vital, and then understanding that, you know, the things that really contribute to a relationship that are are missing and that people are not doing a great job of on video are. Um, things like building trust, like that's very important in sales, right? And very important in any relationship. And one of the ways that we establish trust or we learn to trust someone or feel like we can trust them is through eye contact. Yeah. Well, you're not making eye contact if you're not looking at your camera. And I, I know people hear this, they're like, yeah, yeah. And then they continue to look at their screen. They look at the person's image. And while they they feel like they're connected because I can look at your picture and I can go, I am really listening to him and I'm connecting Mm. to him. Your experience is totally different. Mm. Um, It just, it doesn't matter why you're not looking at the camera, but it feels to the other person like you're not really, you know, you're not building a relationship. You're Mm. disconnected. So it's, it's absolutely vital. It's also the same, uh, you know, another important relationship skill is, um, being a good listener. Well, most of the time when someone's listening to you, they are looking at you, right? If you, if you and I were in person and you were telling me, you know, a, a big problem that you were having a big challenge and I was looking at your shoes the whole time, you'd be like, huh, I wonder if she's all that interested, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all these little signals that we used to send are not being sent and we think yeah. it's okay and it's not okay, right? Um, so it's important to understand the consequences of of not using the camera or working with the environment that we have. Yeah, right. And I think one of the things that I've found a bit, a bit, a bit of a challenge um, myself is that, and I had it yesterday. I had to had to present to a couple of key stakeholders on a project that we'd been discussing for a while. Um, and there were some new stakeholders that had came into the sales process. Now they didn't have their cameras on. So, and I think this is a, a bit of a challenge because usually, you know, when you get to present to a group of people in a face-to-face environment, you can kind of see them, you can, you can see their reaction. Um, and I suppose what I found challenging was because I couldn't see them and I couldn't hear them, I didn't right. know whether my message was getting across. And I'm, I was actually, and I could see myself. Um, and that was, it was, it was distracting me that I could see myself talking 
and not see them. Um, so is this, and I, I look, I know this has happened to me a couple of times and I know the way it makes me feel. So what can sales professionals do when they find themselves in that position where they're, they're at that really pointy end, a new stakeholders come in, or it could be the stakeholder for the first time. They're trying to engage with somebody. They're trying to present something, <laughs> but they can't see um, or hear. But what, right, what can right. you do to work through that emotion? Yes, yes. Oh, that's such a that's a great problem. No, it's a it's very common problem, yeah. right? And um, so, so I'm going to tell you just one thing you can do. First of all, hide your image. You do not need to be looking at yourself <laughs> when you're on camera. All that's going to do, you're never going to see anything you like. All it's going to do is like take you out of the moment and um, rattle you. Um, but I'll tell you, and and what I've heard and what I've experienced somewhat myself also is that customers are turning their video off more often now. Mm. And a lot of that's because in the beginning, we were all like, sure, let's connect. And we wanted to really make that happen. And now there's a lot of studies out on, you know, Zoom fatigue and people are misreading, misinterpreting those results to say, well, I shouldn't be on camera. And it's like, well, uh, first of all, if you're in sales, you should be on camera because it's vital for the other person. Yeah. But you should certainly pick and choose your moments. Um, but that being said, talking to someone you can't see, talking to the camera when no one else is on camera, I mean, that's as close to acting as most people are going to get, right? It is very much what an actor does when they are the only one, you know, they're, they're in a shot with, they're supposed to be talking to another actor. That actor isn't even on the set that day and they're talking to the camera, right? Mm -hmm. And they have to make it as real and they have to see that other person and they have to imagine those reactions. It's much like that. And what I always say, it's, it, it, it's in your best interest to imagine that your message is landing, right? Imagine they're, they're, yeah. imagine the person nodding if you said something, you know, interesting or, you know, tilting their head or all those little nonverbal signals we used to get. They're still there. Mm. You just can't yeah. see them. And with, when people, in the absence of those, we assume the worst, right? Like you said, yep. that's where we go. It's like, oh my God, uh, there's no evidence that that's the case, right? And it doesn't bring out the best in you. It brings out the worst in most people to, to go down that path. So other than, you know, trying to engage them verbally and interact with them, and there's a number of, of techniques that are, you know, helpful with that, you have to go on good faith because it will bring the best out in you. And you have to take those pauses where you think someone would naturally go, huh, that, you know, that was interesting. And not assume they're going, oh, is this ever going to end, right? Yeah. Uh, because that will cause you to race through it and um, just, you know, just cause a lot of anxiety that's unneeded because they're just, mm -hmm. you know, they're not any different because they can't see you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know if something is interesting, you know if something is humorous and you can imagine them smiling and you have to develop some faith in that or or you're going to just race through these presentations and be a nervous wreck. Yeah, because I think what I've found is that, you know, some of the challenges that I experienced and, and I was fortunate that pre-pandemic I was already doing Zoom and virtual instructor-led training sessions as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I was kind of a bit used to it. But I think some of the challenges that I experienced when I went completely 
um, you know, looking at a camera eight hours a day. Um, I don't think it's necessarily about for me Zoom fatigue. It's just I'm not kind of moving around. Usually during the day, you're walking around and you're kind of getting a bit of exercise. But I think since this whole pandemic's kicked in, I'm getting more fatigued by sitting in the same bloody chair for eight hours a day, right? Sometimes longer. Um, Sure. But I want to, because I think some of the challenges that I sort of faced, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, um, it's not the challenges in the fact that I'm not getting a response. It's my challenge that I'm having with the camera or that I'm having talking to the camera without seeing them. And then that's kind of impacting the way that I feel. So you made some really good points about, you know, thinking about what happens naturally when we talk to people, what happens is natural pauses, they're smiling, they're nodding, they're acknowledging, and we need to do the same. Um, What are some other tips and strategies that you can give sellers who still might be finding it difficult to create that level of presence, right? Because I think presence in selling, whether you're selling online, on the phone, or face-to-face is a very important um, attribute to have. Um, So if people are struggling to have that presence on camera, what can they do to create that presence and have more impact in the conversations they're having virtually. You're right. That that virtual presence is is so important. I mean, we don't have the energy that's being transferred person to person. And so uh, we have to bring more energy to virtual calls than we do to in-person calls. And part of that is because uh, the camera takes off, uh, you know, a certain percentage of your energy. Uh, it, it really does because it flattens everything out. Mm. And, um, you know, you probably heard the camera puts on 10 pounds <laughs> on a lot of people, but, but it takes up about, you know, a third of your energy. So if you're already kind of, you know, relaxed and comfy and, you know, that can really read as very, you know, uninterested and that, mm. that may not be the case. So it's really important to, um, to keep that energy up. And like you said, it's hard when you're sitting every day. So yep. I always recommend doing, you know, a lot of physical warm-ups and trying to take some time in between each call to raise that energy because you can't afford to, um, you know, show up at that same level that you, you know, sit and watch Netflix with because mm. that's not going to appear interested um, to your audience. Um, so that that energy piece is really important. And you know, energy is also tied to how passionate we feel about something. Yep. And I think in, I think when you start rushing from call to call to call, we can disassociate from that particular customer's challenge or how we can help them. And I think it's really important to just, um, you know, in, in, in a mindset way, go through before each call, like what, you know, what's at stake for this person? You know, how, how can I really help them? Why does it matter? Um, because that will bring your energy up too, as opposed to just kind of going through, you know, one sales call after the next. Mm. It really is a combination of, you know, physical and mental preparation. And yeah. sometimes, some yeah. days that's easier than others, right? I think what you share is really important because I don't think it's just necessarily about virtual. I think some of those challenges that sellers have had in the face-to-face environment where they weren't preparing for meetings, or they weren't doing enough research on a prospect or understanding the problems and challenges that they could be um, experiencing. Um, If you bring those same kind of behaviors into virtual, it only amplifies it, right? Because you've got, you've got, you've now got a smaller window. um, You've got, you've got a smaller window of time. People are, they've got less attention now because there's so many other things going on. 
And so they will pick up on that quite early in that if you're rushing from meeting to meeting or, and I've, look, I'm guilty of it myself, right? Because of the fact that we are in a virtual environment, I don't have drive time <laughs> or train time, right. right? I can do a back-to-back and I can do it with relative ease. But you're right, our ability to switch that from that mindset perspective and really think and give our, our undivided attention to prospects um, can be challenging. So you've just touched upon it. Um, in order to be successful virtually, it's getting the right mindset, be, being prepared, having a thought about what's important for them, why should they care, et cetera. Um, right, right. So I think this has been great and how to you know, bring some of that energy. Um, what are some other things? I mean, I think this has been something that's been, I've heard, um, should, we, should we stand when we're presenting? Should we sit? I mean, is there some best practice tips that you can give sellers on, on getting the, the most out of these sessions? Sure. Uh, and, you know, it's certainly a, a choice and it's what what works for you. But but I will I will say that it's very difficult for most people to stand and to stay as still as you need to be on video. Um, and so most of the time when I see people standing there, uh, again, like you said, the camera magnifies everything, right? Yeah. So if you're doing some weight shifting, even in your, you know, even as you're seated, if you're crossing and uncrossing your legs or doing a little swivel, it's, it's, you know, that's nine tenths of your customer's screen, right? So they see it that, you know, there's no hiding on yeah. video, no hiding. So um, all those things are seen. And if you're doing just the, you know, the tiniest bit of movement or, you know, the thing about standing is it, it has to be practiced. It's, it's a, mm. it's more difficult uh, to do that because the tendency is, and this, I see people doing this, whether seated or standing, when you feel like you want to connect with somebody, you start to lean forward, mm. right? Or you start to move towards the camera and look at that. That looks very invasive and a little bit aggressive, right? And also you don't have really anywhere to go. So if you take a step towards the camera, then you find, oh gosh, I can't go any farther. And then you have to take a step back. And then you're doing this awkward <laughs> two-step cha-cha that, you know, is just distracting from whatever it is you're trying to say. So yeah. it's a very practice skill to, mm. to stand, you know, balanced, you know, and still from, you know, your torso down and have all that, all your emotion, all your uh, activity is in, you know, in the frame. And that's where you want all that energy to go. You don't want it to be dispersed in your, you know, in the bottom half of your body. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I move around a lot. I move around when I'm not talking to people. I'm, I'm kind of a, I've got a ho- heap of energy. Um, and so I find that, you know, sometimes when I'm channel on calls. Channel that. Yeah. <laughs> channel that into, and I always say being, you know, especially like with your gestures, like being, you know, you don't want to, I, I hear this bad advice about, well, don't gesture, you know, don't. Mm. Well, what you don't want to do is a lot of big, fast, vague movements. You want to be very specific and purposeful. And if you, if you focus your energy and channel it into slowing it down and being specific, um, it's much more impactful than, you know, this kind of um, flailing around that, you know, could mean I'm saying how big something is or I'm flotting a uh, squat. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get a fly, you know? So yeah. it's, it's very uh, specific on camera. Less is more. And one thing, one thing I'm really keen to talk to you about as well is um, I do a few call calibration sessions with sales professionals. You know, we review calls, whether they're, whether they're voice recorded or chorus or on a platform. The, 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 the dual screen, right? I'm meeting with you, but I'm looking at my second screen and you as the prospect is seeing the side of my head. 
for the duration right. of the call. Um, no, yes. No, no. Uh, <laughs> that is a big no-no. So wherever you're going, wherever you need to spend your focus, that's where your camera should be, right? If you need to look at that screen, then have your camera there. Don't try and split the difference by putting it in between two screens or you're just going to be showing them both sides of your face, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, can't, you know, there's no hiding, right? You, you look away, it's instantly, you've instantly broken that connection with me. Um, and I don't know if you're looking at notes or someone walked in your room, you know? Because I tend to, I sound a bit old school, but, um, I try not to type when I have meetings and I write, I have my pad and, and, and they can see that I'm writing. Um, and do you, is that a, because obviously when we're selling, right, we're asking them questions. It's important for us to take notes. Um, is that okay to do that in a, in a face, in a virtual environment when they possibly can't see the pad? Um, to actually be taking notes? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we're not trying to be, you know, um, on-camera pitchmen or something, mm. but, you know, but uh, we want to maintain that connection as much as possible. But you also need to know that your customer doesn't know what you're doing if it's not in the camera, if it's not in the frame. So if you are taking notes, I would say, you know, that's great. I, I, I just want to write that down because I for sure don't want to forget that. Or if I need to check my notes, I would say, you know, it's a good question. I just want to check my notes to make sure I get this right. Check my notes, come back to the camera, deliver okay. it uh, that way. So there's a process that, that, you know, people who work on camera use to work with notes and, um, you know, scripts and that kind of thing that, that makes it much more conversational. Doesn't, you know, you can't, it's not that you can't ever look away, but, um, you know, if you let your audience know what you're doing, um, you know, like you, if they can see your pencil or you say, hey, I'm going to take some notes, you know, yeah. and you practice a little bit being able to, you know, I can write somewhat while I'm looking at the camera. It's not always perfectly readable, but, <laughs> you know, you have to get good at that. Yeah, fantastic. Look, I've taken a lot away from um, this conversation today for myself. Um, I think, you know, it's making me reflect on certain situations that I find myself on camera and what I possibly could do differently to create a better experience for the other person that's on, 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 on screen. So I think this has been fantastic. Um, for our listeners um, who are looking to maybe develop the skills further in this, in this space, I know you, you've got some great content, but where can they find more about you and engage with your content? Sure. You can find me at juliehanson.live. And uh, I'll also have a, a, I have a new book out called uh, Look Me in the Eye, Using Video to Build Relationships with Customers, Partners, and Teams. So you can go to my website, juliehanson.live or Amazon for that. And um, yeah, I've got lots of videos on there and blog posts on tips, you know, about everything that we've talked about and, and more. So um that's all those questions that, that people are asking, like, how do I get people to interact? Should I have a virtual background? Should I have a natural background? Do I look in the other screen? You know, I tried to answer all of those in the, in the book because I've been working with salespeople over the past year and um, on just those things. So um, I, I think that's going to be a helpful resource. Fantastic. Well, we'll make sure we put them in the show notes so that um, our listeners can get access to that. We'll also put your LinkedIn handle because you do put a lot of great tips um, yeah. on what sellers can do to create more engagement on video. So look, Julie, I want to thank you for coming on the Sales IQ podcast. Um, I've definitely benefited from a lot of your content and I really appreciate you sharing some thoughts to help sellers be the best they can be on camera. So thanks for uh, being a guest on our podcast. Oh, my pleasure, Luigi.